do you remember that mother and that daughter? Or it could be two lovers, or it could be a man and his dog, you know. Um, But do you remember that mother and the daughter who died together in a plane crash? Sounds tragic, but um, it doesn't have to be. How deep is your faith? Uh, First things first, uh, do I know anything about love? me as this podcast guy making an episode on love Uh, well the person you're listening to here is not me anyway this is a fake name yeah charlie yeah that's who i'm calling myself in this podcast it's not even me the real me you don't want to know about the real me yeah this podcast is not my story yeah it's not called my story it's called something else it's called Charlie Threadbow, actually. And that's a fake name. You don't want to know about me. Uh, but, I, you know, it's about time I did an episode on love, you know. Um, and there's no sort of agreed definition about what love is, I, I, as I understand it. Uh, but I'll come up with one just so I can do an episode. Now, um, so... Uh, all I can say, you know, as a fake person, you know, before, you know, I think before you talk about love, you have to talk about, you know, whether uh, someone real exists. You know, because what you're listening to here is someone not real. So this person you're listening to here cannot love because he doesn't exist. You know, I'm acting at, you know, I'm doing, this is a great big selfie in a way. You know when you, um, when someone puts a selfie on social media and it's not the real them, you know, you know that. And they know that, that's why they put it there because they want to, you know, they're putting out an image that's not quite themselves. You can't fall in love with that, uh, with the real person behind that selfie you know, you can't fall in love because you're not looking at the real person there. You know, and people say, you know, and, and if it's a teenager, you know, oh, I love that picture of you, you know. Uh, but they're loving the picture, but they're not loving you is what all that is getting at, you know what I mean? Um, anyway, you can't fall in love with me as I speak this podcast because you're not listening to the real me, and that's that. That's absolutely a fact. Yeah, uh, There's no way for you to know whether, you know, anything about me really in this podcast because I'm acting I'm an actor you know it's like Meryl Streep getting up on stage she's the best uh character actor I know and um making an impassioned speech about mm, something you know um being you know anti-Donald Trump or something you know just she times those you know before Academy Award nominations. Check it out yourself. All her major impassioned speeches about, um, you know, her um, exercising her beautiful privilege, as she calls it. She calls it. It's a privilege to be in a position where I can make the world better, she says. You know, every time she's made such a speech, check it out yourself. And I'm talking the major speeches. 
She's made a few major speeches, you know, that have just set the celebrity world on fire. Um, and those speeches have been just before Academy Award nominations. And there was a famous one. Now, are you listening to the... Are you, are you hearing the real Meryl Streep? Or is that a selfie designed to get a nomination, for example? Now, I'm sure she believes that stuff, the real her. But she's acting as well. If you're an actor, it's very hard to... You know, where does the actor stop and where does the real person start? You know, this look... You know, these uh, selfies we make, you know, me making this podcast or... You know, perhaps you um, putting an image on social media that's not really you. You know, your eyes aren't that big, you know. And do people really look at you from that angle so that they can see down your cleavage? <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> this uh, episode just went high, haywire. But I'm um, actually, um, you know, <laughs> that's... That's what happens with those selfies, you know. Anyway, um, and and do you really not have a nose? You know, how do you smell? You know, that sort of thing. Or me doing this selfie, which is this podcast, is, you know, do I really speak like this even? No, I don't, you see. I don't. I'm speaking with a different cadence, accent, everything. I don't speak like this in real life. In fact, I don't think I could speak on this podcast with the accent I use in real life. In real life, I say, g'day, how are you? I, I can't even do it. See, I just tried then. Yeah, g'day, Kev, how, how's things? That's not even it, you know? I can't do it. Yeah, you know, because I'm speaking to myself, so it's artificial. This is artificial. What I'm doing here on this podcast, which is absolutely suitable for a podcast like this, because I don't want the real me, you know, on this podcast, talking to you, I don't want you to get to know me. I don't even want you to get to know you. I actually couldn't care less about you. I have no interest in you. The zen of this guy speaking into this podcast, and I've said this many times, is such that, you know, do do I love Australia? No! I couldn't care less if it falls to bits. You know, Uh, there's been race riots in America lately, uh, just in the last couple of days, and Minneapolis is going nuts. Minneapolis. I had to look up where that came from. I thought it might be Greek. Yeah, the police bit is Greek. Uh, But Minneapolis is... um, it means water in some local uh, First Nations um, language over there in America, you know. But Minneapolis is going nuts um, because someone got shot. Yeah. White man! No, not shot. He had a, a white man. Do you know, they've lost the plot over there. But um, the critical thing in all headlines is to identify the colour of a person, white man, kneels on black man, you know, he starts bleeding from the nose, I think he was, it was, and he begs, you know, I can't breathe, and um, and then uh, starts bleeding from the nose and mouth, I guess, and dies. All right. But um, where they've lost the plot is, you know, white police officer kneels on black man's um, neck. And kills him, you know. Um, yeah. But um, 
you know, oh, see the real me got a little bit upset about that. Uh, but I've got to actually put some distance between the real me and um, Charlie Threadbow, who's making this podcast. See, I even lost my train of thought there, which is actually a good thing, because it means I'm a, I'm, I'm probably at least a um, feeling person. This person who is acting as Charlie Threadbow, trying to make this podcast, you know. All right. But so what I'm getting at is um, that you're not listening to the real me here. And you're not listening to the real Meryl Streep. You know, there's elements of the real us behind this um, device that we use that is our uh, alias, you know, the Meryl, the, you know, the, the Meryl Streep that's on the stage is not the real Meryl Streep, you know, because late at night, when the lights are low, um, she kicks off her stockings and shoes. <laughs> ah, she makes you her lover. <laughs> and then you discover the smile she keeps. She keeps for you. <laughs> You're not going to get any sleep tonight now, are you, after listening to that? And I'm not talking about my singing. Uh, Now, um, the real, the real me, you know, and the real Meryl. Look, we use these devices perhaps to draw out a few things that the real us think. Uh, In my case, I try not to. In Meryl's case, she tries to, you know. Uh, but you're not accessing the real us as you look at us. You can't fall in love with the real us as you listen to these selfies that um, masquerade as us trying to have a chat with you. Yeah. We're lying to you. We're putting on a face, just like a um, a person with no nose, big eyes and... Um, and that cleavage, and I'm talking, uh, that's the sort of um, selfie I put on social media, by the way. I get the phone up high because I want, I want you to see my cleavage, you know. Uh, this just got disturbing, didn't it? But see, it doesn't matter what I say because, number one, no one's listening anyway. Um, and um, And even if they were, this is just, you know, a satire, really. It's not real. You can't. Fall in love with this person you're listening to. It's impossible. He doesn't exist. Now, I think that's important, you know, getting your mind off a a hairy-chested cleavage right there. Now, um, so you can't fall in love with this person you're listening to. Yeah, look, let's just for a joke imagine that somebody's listening to this podcast. You're listening to my voice here and you say, oh, wow. I'd love to meet that guy. Look, I can't imagine, you know, yeah, yeah, you wanting to do that. But, you know, just suspend disbelief. You know, let's entertain the idea for a joke, you know. You say, I need to, I really would like to meet that guy, you know. Yeah, your name might be Robert and your name might be Mary. I don't care what your name is. And, um, and, you know, but you're falling in love. With someone who doesn't exist. So who am I? Well, 
Yeah. My contention, perhaps. Now, who are you falling in love with? There. Well, look, the person does exist, I suppose, and you can fall in love with him. I'm, I'm going to change my tune here a little bit. Um, but it's a person I've created. It's a fictitious character that I've created. And maybe you can fall in love with that real character. Maybe that character is real. You know, because the real me, my real name is actually Richard, you know. Um, I'm lying, doesn't matter. Um, so look, just imagine there's a real me called Richard, you know. And I've got this um, act going called Charlie. Okay. Um, now, um, Richard's mother, you know, when little Richard was a little baby boy, <laughs> I, I dare say when Mrs. Pettyman um, gave birth to little Richard and looked at him with his great big head <laughs> and his club foot <laughs> and his little moustache. She, um, that might be real love right there. That the mother is feeling towards what? This baby that she knows intimately? Look, she probably, does she know this baby yet? You know, does she know he's gay yet? Yeah, because little Richard did turn out to be gay. Does she know that? And when she was falling in love with that little baby, as he lay in her arms... What was she falling in love with there? Gets a bit confusing, doesn't it? Um, I'm not going to try and come to any conclusions in this episode. In fact, I might even try. Yeah, I think I'm going to end up making the whole idea of love a little bit messy. You know, because that's what I like to do. All right. So, yeah. My name is Richard. And my mummy Oh, sorry, I'm, I was, I'm, an, I'm an American, actually, putting on an Australian accent. All right, my mommy, <laughs> my mommy. It just sounds weird the way they say that. Mommy, mom. You know, it doesn't sound right. Babies don't say mom, do they? Babies say mom, ma, ma, ma. They say ma. Yeah, I should call my mother ma. Hey, ma. <laughs> anyway... Where is the love? I'm trying to find some love in all of this. Oh, your dog loves you. Yeah. I think I've seen love uh, in the eyes of a dog. And we've got a dog. And the way our dog connects, especially with uh, my wife and my children, um, that looks like love to me. I forget what the yeah. You know, when the dog comes up to me, I think it's um, don't hit me. <laughs> you know, our dog is not sure about me because I'm not an animal person, you know. But I have seen real love, I think, between the dog and my wife, for example, and my children. Um, my 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 middle daughter, my middle child, the daughter. She's got chickens. They're silkies. She loves them. Um. They love food. <laughs> Look, it's an important episode. It sounds like I'm saying ridiculous things, but I'm sure there's something real about this podcast, and I think I'm sure I'm talking about love. I don't even know what love is. You know, I want to know what love is. <laughs> All right, I don't actually. I don't really care, but I'm curious about it. You know, as Charlie, I don't care what love is. 
them. But um, I do think one thing. I think many things. Maybe um, there's different types of love. Right. I'm imagining, can I talk to you, that there's a real you out there. In Plato's world of forms, there's a real you that can't be put into words. You may be a spirit, you know, or a soul or something, you know. But there is a real you that maybe you're not even quite in touch with. I don't want to be rude here. I'm not, you know, you may well be in touch with the real you. I don't know. But Aristotle, I think it was, did say, know thyself. And I, I think inherent in those words... Um, are that there's a real you, and I think the Greeks got all this sort of thinking going, the, the thinking that I'm moving along with right now. I think um, Aristotle was sort of saying there's a real you, right? And there's who you think you are. So there's two yous there, you know. There's the real you and there's the deluded you. Uh, otherwise, he wouldn't say know thyself because if you already know knew yourself... You wouldn't have to know yourself. Does that make sense? Um, so if there was no uh, disconnection or gap between the real you, uh, which I think a lot of people call the essence of you, the soul, whatever you want to call it, I don't care, and um, the you you think you are, you know, let's say the you that you've brought into existence, shall I say, you know, I think that's the word. Exist the existent you. In your mind, you know. Um, if there's any, um, if there was no difference between the existent you and the essential you, and why would Plato? Sorry, why would Aristotle? Look, they probably all said it. They're all talking, you know, to each other. All those guys. Is Socrates? Great philosophers, you know, Plato, uh, Aristotle, and the greatest philosopher of all, Alexander. <laughs> um, he had a good philosophy. <laughs> Bow down, <laughs> do what I say. Right now, um, know thyself. If there was, yeah, you know, I, th- I think we can assume there is a gap between, you know, these two. You. All right. Um, so there's the existent you, the self-existent you, you know, the idea of you that you've got of who you are. And then there's the real you, the essential you, theoretically. You know, I have no idea whether you can um, affect the real you and change the real you and create a new essential you as your life goes on. I suspect you can, but I've got no proof. We'll just park that. Now, there are other existent yous, by the way. Um, there's, um, there are the you, the versions of you that you create for others, and now I've come back to me because I'm creating a version of me here called Charlie, even though my real name is Richard. And even that's a fake name, and I've got another real name, so I've made a fake, I've made a fake person within a fake person. You know, a little bit like the way that, you know, there was a, that rock star called David Jones who created a fake person called David Bowie who created another fake person within the fake person called Ziggy Stardust. You know, that happened once. 
People do it all the time. It's a very common device we use because we're trying to explore existence through all these things. I really think we are. I really think we are. And I think it's a big deal for all, just about everybody. I really think it's a bigger deal than this, you know, the jokey tone of this episode would have me believe, right? You know, but, you know, when David, who died, you know, when David Bowie died, look, David Bowie didn't die. Well, he did, didn't he? But David Jones died too, the guy that created David Bowie, you know, the other existent David, you know. And um, when he died, his wife, you know, what's her name? I've forgotten her name right now, lovely woman. Yeah, I think she is. She seems to be nice. Um, uh, She said, for the world, David Bowie died. But for me, David Jones died. Two people died that day and so did Ziggy Stardust. In fact, David Bowie killed off Ziggy Stardust. Back in the 1970s, he died years before David Bowie died. We can do this sort of thing. So there's lots of us. You know? There are many versions of us. And who can you fall in love with? Well, the world fell in love with David Bowie. And you may well be falling in love with Charlie Threadbow right now, listening to this uh, this episode. I doubt it, you know. Um, and... Um, and David Jones's wife, why can't I remember her name? I know her very well. Um, yeah, like I'm a, I'm a rock fan, but it's just slipped out of my mind for the moment because she's not the rock star, is she? Right. So, um, she said, I fell, I, I, um, you know, I miss my David Jones, um, who started a retail chain of stores. <laughs> Just joking. Shouldn't do daggy jokes. Right, now, um... Yeah, but who... The, the, now, who was the real David Jones? She her, Look, probably she got close to whoever the real David was. Possibly? I have no idea. I don't know David Jones, and I don't know her, whatever her name is. I can't even remember her name! Yeah, I'll remember it in a minute, just after I finish the podcast. So who did she? Um, who was she in love with? How much? How how close was he able to get her to the real him? Now I think he worked very hard. You know, their relationship seems to have been good, so I dare say fairly close. But but maybe David Jones even you know maybe even he didn't know the real him. Otherwise, why do we have this phrase, know thyself? I dare say that even as he died, David, what's his name, was thinking, did I really end up getting to know the real me? You know, he worked very hard at that. You know, the same way I work hard at that, I think. You know, know, and you can explore and try and get to the real you by creating fake you, versions of you, you know, fake yous. Uh, um, and he did that a lot. You know, the Thin White Duke, Ziggy Stardust and all that. So I do the same thing, you know. Richard, uh, Charlie, and I've got a few others too. One's called Diana, for God's sake. You know, it's, a fa- it's, a, it's an interesting thing. But the point is, um, uh, the real you, the real me, do we ever get to that person? Right. Now, um, and... 
this word love, I think there are different versions of love, as I suggested. Now, I think we like to think that there, there is this deepest level of love um, that is a connection between two essential people, two real people. Now, let's take you, you know, and someone you love, and someone who, and let's say that that other person loves you too. Right, so in all of the world, there's you. Uh, now, let's just imagine that there is a real you, you know. And let's not get into that whole philosophical debate whether there is or not, you know, and, and whether um, trees actually exist, you know, and all that sort of stuff, you know, and whether the universe exists. Let's put that aside. You can park that stuff and, and deal with them in a separate episode. Don't ignore them, you know, but different episode. Right. Let's say there's a real you and there's a real other person that you know, the, you know, um, now... There might be a couple of levels of love operating between the two of you. Now, I think the deepest form of love, at a guess, and I'm just, you know, stream of consciousness, um, free thinking here. You know, most of this episode isn't planned. But I think there might be a connection between the two real people that even you two, uh, the existent you and the existent other person, don't even understand and you can't put it into words because the essential you way down there is the essential you that, you know, existed when you were in the womb, when each of you was in the womb. You know, you're, this is the real you before you learnt anything. You know, when you were an embryo, that real you, you know. Um, I think there could be a connection between those two essential people, you and this other person you love, you know, that you say you love. Let's say you say you, you let's say you, listen. You want to convince me. You want to talk to me, and you say, "There's this other person. It's, you know, it might be your mother, it might be your dog. It doesn't have to be a human." And you say, "I love this person." Yeah, I say that's very interesting. And um, you say, "There's a connection between us that I can't even put into words." And I go bang in my mind. I go bang. Aha! I've got a feeling what you're talking about there is. That a love relationship, look, a connection. You know, forget the word love. Because this thing I'm talking about can't even be put into words. You know, and we just use this, you know, this gross sort of um, word, you know, like called love to describe something that's beyond words. But it's the best we've got. Other, pe- other languages and other cultures probably use other concepts. But there's no way to put it into words. But there's a connection between you and we just have this, you know, oh, we don't know what to call it. Well, let's call it love, you know. And, and, and that connection, now, that's a relationship between the two essential people. And here's the fascinating bit. I think neither of those two people, you know, you and that person you love, I, I think neither of you are quite in touch with that real, those two real people. Those two real people sitting below you the both of you, um, they're loving each other, but even you two don't understand that love, that that level of love. Um, now, there is the existent you and the existent other person. You know, there's two other people there, you know, the ones I talked about before. Now, those two people can love each other too, 
but they're loving each other on a different level. So there's two levels of love operating at once, you know. Um, now, I could continue with this, but um, I have to stop now because I've got a duty to do. Okay, I'm back. Um, and you know where that whole sort of line of thinking was going, I'm sure. You know, um, yeah. Now, look, theoretically, between those four people, the essential you, the essential other person, um, the, exist the existent you and the existent other person, there can be, uh, what is it, one two, three, four, there can be four love relationships there, all operating at once, you know, the existent you can um, have a, a connection with the existent other person, but can also have a, con a connection with the real other person at all at once, you know, because <laughs> you may know the real other person better than the existent, uh, you're the existent you may know the exist the real other person better than the existent other person in some ways. You know, this can get really out of hand, and you may think I'm overcomplicating this, but I think it, there's a time for overcomplicating things. And if if you think I am overcomplicating it, then off you go. <laughs> you know, you don't need to listen to this. You probably stopped listening already, so it doesn't really matter. You know, but I, I think there's something to be said for this, and there can be. Other, there can be other existent yous too, you know, like, uh, there's a, there's a sort of, there's a sort of um, you that you create for your own, let's say your wife, for example, or husband, um, there's an extra you, I think, that you create, and that's a nice thing to do. You know, where you actually get up in the morning, and even though it's only the two of you and you know each other so well, you know, you might still try and make yourself look, you might act in such a, in a way that that person, that makes that other person happy, that's not the real you. You know, look, you may be a, uh, a, a, a woman, for example. I'll go the you know the kind of socially constructed sort of sexist line, and your husband may love the football, all right, and you may act like you love the footy too and go to the footy with him or watch the footy with him on TV and really get into it much more than you would in ordinary circumstances. Well, what you're doing there, and he may love you for that. Now, um, what you're doing there is you are creating an existent you that actually loves Essendon, you know, or whatever footy team. Um, and it can get complicated, but that's good, you know, because he may even, he may or may not be aware you're doing that. I think a lot of women and men um, create existent themselves um, that the other person doesn't even realise they're creating. Look, he may well know that you're doing that and you don't actually like the football at all and love the existent you and the real you for creating that extra fake you. He may love that you for pretending to love the footy, you know? <laughs> See how complicated it can get? But in a good way, in a nice way, oh, we're complex creatures and all these things can be 
happening at once. I think the queen loves her corgis because they don't have all this complexity, you know. Um, she, I, I suspect she can never quite work out whether humans love her because she's the queen, yeah. And she may feel lonely, or not, yeah. She, she, she may feel lonely at the top and feel, yeah, maybe she has that sort of worry um, that she's not sure if people really love her. Oh, that even that they even know her. You can't love someone until you know someone, really. How can you love the essence of the queen, the real queen, the real Lizzie, you know, the real Lizbeth, um, if you don't even know her? How can you love her if you don't know her? She probably she's probably aware of that, being a queen, even her own children, all that sort of thing. It's you know the real her is a little bit hard to find. Uh, but she, uh, maybe her corgis look her deep in her eyes and she looks at them in their eyes and there's a connection there between the essence of the corgis and the essence of her and she likes that, you know. So, yeah. All right, so that's all of that. I could keep going with that. And, yeah, there can be multiple existent versions of you and one essence of you. Um... You know, I'd said in my case, you know, there's multiple existent versions of me. I've got a different version of me that I put about for different people. Some, you know, like I'm, I enjoy philosophy, for example, but there are some people who are not interested in hearing me talk about that, and I go straight to the footy every time in the cricket, you know, because I love footy and cricket too. Um, yeah, they don't want to hear all this sort of stuff. They're not interested in that you know, existent me, they want a different existent me, you know, so I create this other existent me, a whole different version of me, I do that, and I get along quite well with those people, you know, um, but we're talking about stuff they want to talk about, you know, which is fine, there's nothing wrong with that, but um, that existent me becomes very good friends with the, that existent, that other person, it wouldn't it be funny, if both of us wanted to talk about philosophy, but we both thought the other only liked football. See, this is how complicated we humans can get, but it's no problem. It's okay. Yeah. All right, so, you get it, you know. Um, you know, you knew all this stuff already, but I'm just putting it into words. Um, you know, as an outsider, you know, because this is a person who doesn't even exist speaking to you here. All right, get that, yeah. Um, so, um, now, now, you can take this in all sorts of directions. Um, one that um, interested me as I started this episode was um, just the idea, you know, I just imagined that it's possible that let's say there were two people who love each other and they both die. Yeah. Now that sounds like a pretty tragic end to an episode like this, but but it could easy, it could equally be a beautiful end to an episode like this. Um, two people die, uh, and there was a, a love relationship between those two people. Um, now. Um, I like to imagine, I've got no proof that this happens or not, you know, but it's, it's, um, I like to imagine, sometimes when we like to imagine something, um, 
we can bring that into existence, that idea, you know, as if it's real. Uh, that uh, the essential to the essential one person and the essential other person, these people who love each other. Look, maybe it's a mother and a daughter, for example. I like that one. I just like it. Um, or a mother and son, or a father and son. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, a mother and a daughter, and um, and they both die. You know, let's say, which sounds tragic. You know, but you know, it doesn't have to be. And I like to think that the essential mother and the essential daughter um, are having a chat. Immediately after dying, let's say they were both in a plane crash. That'll do. Yeah. And uh, and I like to imagine the the daughter, let's say, is feeling anxious about having just died. You know. And um. And the mother, uh, soothing her and say it's all right. You know, we're together forever now. You know, it's all right. And look at all these other people we love too. They're all up here too. Let me introduce you to my grandmother, who you never met. And the essence of the daughter, you know, can start to create a loving relationship with the essence of the great grandmother and all that sort of thing. I like that sort of thing, you know. Um, it can get confusing, of course, even that, because, you know, you can fall in love, you, you know, um, with multiple people during your life. You know, you can end up having three wives, you know, and how do you, you know, what if they hate each other up there, you know, what if the essential three, look, maybe you don't even have to tell, maybe you can have a loving relationship with each of the three wives in heaven, or whatever you want to call it, um, but don't tell the other two wives, you know, um, you can figure all that out when you get to heaven, you know, that doesn't bother me, because I'm not even sure it's even there anyway, but isn't that a nice thought, you know, um, the essential you, yeah, it's, it's almost like a um, uh, extrapolation of the idea that there is an essential you, and that there is an essential other person, and that even when the existent you dies, and the existent other person dies, and all the other existent versions of you die too, you know, the face you put on for social media, you know, like when you have your funeral, there are people who will be at your funeral who have had a relationship with the social media you and uh, they'll say I miss that person but they're missing they are missing a real person but it's a person you constructed for them you know it's the smile you kept you kept for them yeah um it's the smile you put on social media for them you created a person for them for them to love and that's quite nice. It's not the real you, yeah. But then again, even the real you that you call the real you that you know you reserve for your husband or wife or something—that's not the real you anyway, because you are not even in touch with the real you, um, and so on and so forth. You know where all that can go. That whole line of thinking, and it's a very nice line of thinking. Now. A level even deeper than love, I think, is knowing another person. Yeah, because before you can love another person, you need to know the other person, you know, to recognise the other person's existence. And I think on a deeper level than even love, 
and this would have to be another episode, is um, a um, just that forget about love for a second. We seem to have this need for people to even know we exist. That's even deeper than love. You know, do you even know me? No, not not do you love me? Do you even know me? You know, is there any connection between us? Yeah, rather, yeah, and I, th- and this would have to be another episode. Deeper than love is this problem, this need that people have um, for other people to know who they are, and um, and it doesn't even matter. Yeah, you know, I, I sometimes imagine that you know Churchill and Hitler had a a, a a kind of important relationship because they knew each other. You know, because when you're at war with another person. Um, you have to get to know them. Yeah, it's a kind of um. I stopped myself there uh, because I was getting onto a whole separate episode. Look, it could be combined as one episode. Yeah, you know, an episode on "I need you to know me." Yeah, and well, I need to know. I need to know myself too. <laughs> yeah, you could, and yeah, and then the next step along, yeah, I need to know myself. You know, a lot of people put a lot of effort into that too. Um, yeah, I need you to know me more than anything, because that's even deeper than um, needing you to love me. In fact, I'd rather you hated me than not know me at all. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, so I think even deeper, people would rather set up a hate relationship with another person rather than have an indifference, indifference relationship with another person. If someone's indifferent to you, uh, that's gutting in a way. If the whole world was indifferent to you, that that would be gutting. Yeah, um, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, that's probably it. Um, I, I think there's also a whole um, additional episode to be had in uh, the process of you know, people getting to know each other, and getting to love each other, and getting to hate each other, and all that sort of stuff. All valuable things, valuable things, valuable things. Um, and um, I think people do try and find devices to assist themselves to get to know themselves and then beyond that to get to love themselves or maybe hate themselves, doesn't matter. You know? um, for example, you know, the devices can be you know, these really simple devices that I use, for example, like these you know, characters that I create, fake characters, serving a very, very real and important purpose. You know, I'm not the only one that does that. Millions of people do that. You know, it's one of the oldest tricks in the book. You know, like I said, David Bowie, but millions of others do it too. In fact, most uh, novelists do it. You know, they create characters in their novels you know, uh, which are extensions of themselves and people they know and all that sort of stuff, you know what I mean? Um, there's nothing wrong with that. It, it, it's not being fake. It's actually being even more real. 
Um, people say, oh, with me, you know, what you see is what you get. Uh, you know, I just, I'm the real me all the time. Well, number one, they're lying to themselves, quite likely. I can't be sure of that. Um, but they're also very dull people too, probably. People who say that. Dull, you know, because oh, you're never going to get another version of them. You got, just you all the time. Well, exactly that, all the time. You're never going to even, you know... You're never even going to try to enter. You're not going to even try to entertain me with a different version of you ever. Is that it? Yeah. Boring. You know. I would find that extremely boring. And a lot of those people are boring. I find anyway. You know. I like people. <laughs> yeah. Do you know there are people out there who I've known all my life. Yeah. Who in the last twenty years have not even attempted to entertain me. You know, they just say hello to me and they're pleasant, you know, and they ask about the weather and how's the family and all that sort of stuff. Do you know there are people I know, very close to me in a way, who have not made one bit of effort to entertain me, you know. Um, you know, they're always just being the real them. And I already know that sort of routine. <laughs> I don't know whether that's going anywhere. All right, that line of thinking. Good luck to you if you're the real you. Look, maybe someone finds you exciting. <laughs> uh, I like a bit of variety in my life. All right, so that's that. Now, um, uh, what else? Um, yeah, look, gee, you could go on for hours and hours with this one, couldn't you? In fact, people do, and they write movies about it, and they write songs about it, and they do art about it. It's a whole lot of art that is related to this. Even that song I jokingly sang earlier, I didn't quite sing it, I spoke it, you know, by the angels, you know, late at night, you know, and that's, that's the romantic type of love, you know, because we try and get to love, we try and get to knowing each other and loving each other through devices, you know, songs and all that sort of stuff. But there are versions, you know, so there's um, um, romantic love, you know, and all that sort of thing too. Um, uh, and people try and get to know themselves too through these devices. Yeah, I almost had that thought before. You know, they're trying to find the real themselves, the essence of themselves, and they can't quite get there and they fish around and sometimes take themselves further away from the real selves in the act of fishing around looking for the real self. You know, because you can... You know, you, you can, um, you know, you might think that the real self is buried somewhere in your culture, for example, you know, um, you know, or your, um, or your skin colour even, you know, your race and all that sort of stuff. You know, my people, I'm black, you know what I mean? And uh, my, my black identity and I need to find the real self or the real myself and I'm going to do that through, you know, my black identity and get very involved in black identity. But, you know, and, and you might be actually moving yourself further and further away from yourself in the act of trying to do that, you know. And same goes with culture, even family. You know, the real essence of you might not be connected to your familial bonds. And, you know, you might try and explore it through family. And that may not even be the real you, you know, the real you... You know, the essence of you may be in communion with other people 
who are just like you, essentially, you know, in such a way that's got nothing to do with your race, colour, creed, the accident of the family you were born into. You might be a personality type, essentially, you know, deep down. And you're, you are in communion, spiritual communion, with a whole lot of people all over the world um, who are sprinkled amongst all the skin colours <laughs> and cultures and races and creeds and religions of the world, you know. Then um, 1% of every population on earth may be just like you. Yeah. And you may try and find the real you, for example, via culture. You, know, you might discover that you're Irish, for example, and you might say, I'm going to get deeply into Irish culture so I can find out who the real me is. And you may get yourself accidentally further away from the real you, and you may be actually creating, creating accidentally an existent you, you know, which you, um, you may fall in love with, but there'll be something missing in your life, you know? And you'll be saying, ah, oh, there still feels there's something missing because you were never Irish, you know? The fact that you were, you came from an Irish culture was just an accident of your birth. And the real you, possibly, you know, is, um, is a bitch. <laughs> and you are in communion with every other bitch in the world. Yeah, look, or, you know, you may be a train spotter by nature, you know, and you're in communion with every other train spotter on earth, everyone else who loves trains, you know, or you may be a compassionate person, let's say, you know, put a nice spin on it, and you are in communion with every compassionate person in, in, in the world, and there are compassionate people to be found in every culture of the world, and you going too deeply into Irish culture to try and find yourself, because that's the accident of where you came from, might be, might be, might be moving you further away from yourself, and you may, you may lose 10, 20, or 30 years. You may um, waste the rest of your life trying to find an, uh, the real you and actually instead creating an existent you. Um, that um, does Irish dancing, <laughs> that sort of thing. Look, it's a risk. It's a risk. It's very hard to find the real you. A lot of people a lot of it, put a lot of effort into it, you know, and that sort of thing. All right. So that's that. So now what have we got? Um, so there's um, the need for each of us. There seems to be a need for each of us to know ourselves, the real ourselves. And there seems to be a need for each of us to create an existent self or multiple existent selves, you know. And I think we like to think that the existent selves that we create um, are having an impact on the essential self, you know, like we're evolving the essential self. And then we feel like we need relationships with other existent people and essential people to end of episode. Wait, not end of episode. I'll finish off with some music. Uh, do you remember that mother and that daughter? 
Yeah, or it could be two lovers, or it could be a man and his dog, you know. Um, but do you remember that mother and the daughter who died together in a plane crash? Sounds tragic, but um, it doesn't have to be. How deep is your faith, you know? Um, now, uh, this piece of music coming up. Uh, you know, it could be that daughter feeling anxious about having just died. Um, and then, you know, she is speaking, but not with language. But the essence of her is communicating to her mother that she's upset and anxious about the fact that she has just died. But that level of communication can't be done with words because this is the essential daughter speaking and not even speaking but communicating. So music is one way for us to you know, get at that idea. Um, and, and then the mother starts talking to her to soothe her. Yeah, so there's two pieces of music running together here and you don't get that very much, this sort of thing, um, with most musical forms, you know, like pop or rap or rock and roll or anything like that. You know, but you've got two people speaking to each other here at once. You know, because in heaven, for example, you could have two people communicating at once without interrupting each other. Um, their souls are interwoven and all that sort of thing. So, you know, something like this piece of music coming up, um, you know, which is uh, the slow movement of Beethoven's Seventh Symphony, um, a piece of music like this can get down to that deeper level of communication in probably in such a way that, you know, something like rock and roll or rap can't. You know, because rap especially and rock and roll um, are very um, hog-tied to spoken language. And spoken language can never get very deep. It can only discuss existent selves. Yeah, it can't get down to the essence of a person because <laughs> rap is, and rock and roll, they're using words and words are not deep enough. Um, but, you know, in general they do. Um, but, you know, something like this piece of music can get deeper um, to the essence, you know, our idea of the essence, for example, of a mother and a daughter. And here comes the daughter feeling anxious and the mother, you know, kind of sort of interweaving with her soul to soul and saying, it's okay, it's all right, we're together and we always will be, and soothing her and saying, it'll be all right, you know. And I think the daughter ends up feeling soothed. And this is, a, this is two souls um, in love forevermore.